Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, welcome to the Fields Brothers Show. I'm Roger Fields, and I'm here with my brother Jeff, and we're in Hello. Central Kentucky. Yep, and we're uh, broadcasting this from Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm in the Man Cave, which is where we typically do this. And so, anyway, great to have you with us. We're two recovering pastors with no history of, um, I don't know, scandal, I guess is the best word. Pretty boring, yeah. Pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. We don't really have not much of a story there, I guess. Yeah. Do you ever you ever find yourself wishing you had no, more of a really. testimony? To, you know, <laughs> not really, no, I don't. You, know, you hear someone give a big... Uh, I remember one time when we went to Israel, we were the first night, we were, or one of the first nights, we were inter- introducing everybody around, and some lady gave it to, and I forgot even what she said, but she, you know, she kind of had, it was a pretty moving testimony. It's not like she had done anything bad. It wasn't that type of testimony. But then we followed her, and it was kind of like, and I even said then. Kind of milk toast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I even said, well, now I wish I would have gone first. I'm going to have to make up something now to make this exciting. Oh, so, well. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get you off track there, Roger. Oh, that's okay. No, no. Let me tell you one thing that happened this week. Um, you know, and Lori doesn't mind me telling this. Lori's my wife, and she, tomorrow, um, June 30th, and we're doing this broadcast, uh, a podcast the day before the 30th, so um, she turned 60. So it's her big birthday. Yeah. And so um, I had this elaborate scheme, okay? And um, I don't find much. Did I talk about this? I don't well, think I. To me, you're on the podcast. I'm on the podcast. I Maybe, don't remember no, you mentioning I don't think this, I did this on the podcast. So um, I told her she's from Somerset, and that's about an hour and a half from us, Somerset, Kentucky. Her sister lives there, and she loves her family and all. So I told her, said, here's what we're going to do, hon, for your 60th birthday. We're going to go to Cracker Barrel in Somerset <laughs> and then go over to your sister's and play cards. Go, I mean, just. Go all out yes, for the big yeah, 60. So that was yeah. the idea. And she, was, and cards. she was okay. She was, what, all right, well, that's cool. I enjoy, you know, she was more fine with that. She's easy to please. She was, uh, all man. in the same day. But <clears throat> what I secretly had planned, and I was, but at that point it was still in the works, was a uh, trip to the uh, Dominican Republic to for an all-inclusive resort. And so um, so when I had, I had this all finalized, paid for, and all that, then I told her, I said, okay, well, we're not going to Somerset. That was all a lie. Her sister was even in on the lie, kind of helping us. It was, it was a distraction. So she th- so she would be wondering what I had planned. She would think, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. She, you know. Misdirection. Misdirection. That. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Misdirection, yeah. And so uh, anyway, so I said, we're well, going to need your passport. We're going to an all-exclusive resort. It's really cool and all that. Well, and so we were due to, to fly out Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the day before um, she uh, got her results back from a COVID test, she turned up positive for COVID. And so we could not go <laughs> to the Dominican Republic. We've now rescheduled for the end of January. We're going to go in January, which is her idea. She wanted to go in. Well, it's cold up here anyway. Yeah. And so uh, so then we went back to the Somerset plan. So now we're gone full circle. We're back. We, we might not do Cracker Barrel, but we are <laughs> going to go there to eat and go to her sister to play cards. So now we're back to the original plan. You know, and yeah, you told me about all the first part of that. Yeah. I never thought about, okay, what are you going to do now in yeah, place? I yeah. didn't think about you coming back and doing that. Yeah, we're that, back so. to the original. So I have a little, another little secret that um, – that I guess you know, well, I'll talk about that. You get a pecan box. roll and everything at Cracker Barrel and just go all out. Well, actually, what we're going to do now is we're you are going to stop at a place called the Bluebird Cafe, which have you ever I've heard been of there. That? Yeah, yeah. So, I've Stan- never been there. Stanford. Li- yeah, do you like it? Yeah, it's nice little. Yeah, small I've town. never been there. I've always heard of it. it's nice. So One family has kind of redone a couple blocks yeah. in downtown. Well, Stanford, and that's that's part of it. Yeah, we've been. So there. We're, we're stopping there on the way uh, to. Um, 
Somerset, and actually, and she doesn't know this. And by the time this podcast comes out, you know, it already happened. But well, I can tell um, her. her uh, yeah, her uh, her sister and family are going to meet us there. She thinks it's just her and I having lunch oh, there, okay. and their brother's going to come up. She didn't get to see her brother very often. He lives in Harrisburg, so she's he's coming. Up, well, so. okay, you know, now I think we're busy. I don't think we'll be able to come. So okay, yeah, you didn't get your invitation. Did you? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I knew you were heading that way, so yeah, I thought I'd go ahead right. and let you know. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. All right. Well, here, let me start off with this. You know, the uh, and I, I, I got to tell you, this, this is a kind of a takeoff of a um, a sermon I heard, uh, a part of a sermon on Facebook, um, and or Facebook or TikTok or something. I forget. But um, and so it was inspired by this. Now he didn't say it exactly the way I'm going to say it, but uh, anyway, the uh, the issue of the, the thief on the cross. Okay. Okay. Who, you know, you know. I mean, here's a guy who has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. He's a thief. He's been no, for being, you his know. name's never no given. No, he's just known as he's the thief on the cross. The thief yeah. on the cross. Okay. And originally, I think it too, there's evidence in scripture that he kind of mocked Jesus at first, but then I guess he came around or whatever. So I don't know. I think there was a, there might be a verse about yeah. they were both mocking him or something yeah, like yeah. that. I'd forgotten about that, yeah. but I think you're right. So anyway, he comes around and basically, you know. And Jesus says, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." You know, so, so I'm, here's the backstory you probably haven't heard: that the back, the front office in heaven got wind of this after he got up there. They started looking over the records, and they can't figure out how he got up there. And so they uh, they approached him. And they said, "You know, oh, how he got up? Yeah, into how he heaven. got to heaven? Yeah, okay, how he got to paradise? Right. Okay. They figure, the front office of heaven couldn't figure okay. it out. So they, they approached him, and they said, uh, you know, we can't figure out how you got in here.'" Um, and we got a couple of questions for you. I mean, can you do you understand justification uh, by by faith? No, never heard of that. Where do you stand on inerrancy? Well, you know? inerrancy of scripture. Do you are you premillennial, amillennial? No. Are you? I mean, were you a disciple of Jesus? No. Um, follower? No. Were you ever a church member? Did you even tithe? Did you ever even tithe? <laughs> no. You know, how did you get in here? And his response is. The man on the middle cross said I could come. Yeah. That's it. You know? Now, and I mentioned this earlier to you before, but one of the things that kind of blows me away now, in the church tradition that we grew up in, you know, we were really big, that's pretty mildly, on baptism. Yeah. You know, if you weren't baptized, you weren't getting in. That's kind of what. By immersion. Impression. Yeah, by immersion. All the way under. And you had to be, and you had to be four sins, four your mission of sins. We yeah. had, you had to have baptism for, for the right way for the right reason and so and so but what would happen is we would say and some baptists would always say well what about the thief on the cross because obviously he was not baptized you got to come. <laughs> and that was the only time we would ever make a point of making the difference between before and after the cross on the only time we would say well that was before the cross before you know the day of pentecost yeah. before the church before the church and, and that made total sense to us at the time yeah. now looking back what we were saying without realizing it is before the cross, it was pretty easy to get in. You could just ask, you put your faith in Jesus, trust him, and you were in. After the cross, it was a little tougher. Then you had to get baptized by water. You know, you had to be immersed for the right in the right way. So what we were basically saying is Jesus died for us, rose again, and that made it harder yeah. to get into heaven. And we never even I, thought through that. Yeah, I had not thought through that. Um, Isn't that true, though? I mean, oh, it is, I mean, yeah. So, and, and to be clear, we've moved away from that doctrinal view yeah, in terms yeah, of, yes, uh, yes, of that, yes. that denom- regarding baptism has, has for the most part not all but for the most part the denominations moved beyond that well yeah i was talking about you and i have moved, oh yeah we moved there, what, so. a long time ago right and, and, you know, the whole it, thing with the thief on the cross that is makes me want to go back and read some of that more i mean is that, that is and not just him but the, the fi- just the fact that 
Scripture records conversation with both of them. You know, that we know what both of them, some of what both of them said, both thieves said. It's just, and there's, you know, two different camps, obviously. And I don't know, I find myself thinking there's some more significance to that and more meaning to that than what I have up till now. I mean, he, I mean, he had no theological understanding. I mean, he literally just trusted in the Savior. In so I'm trying to remember That's now. It. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to. He just asked, you know. So the other one spoke up. So how'd that go? I'm, I'm trying to remember now. The other one spoke up first and kind of ridiculed yeah, him. Then yeah, the, the other one, the then he rebuked kind of rebuked the other, the other yeah, one. Right, right. That's what happened at that point. Yes. And then he said, Jesus, remember me in your yeah. kingdom, yeah. wasn't it? Is yeah. that what he said? Well, remember me like in that. your kingdom? Yeah. yeah. He said, today you'll be with me, me in paradise. paradise. Yeah. So anyway, so. all right, I have a question for you. I'm going to set you up for failure, okay? But here's the question. And I've never, this hit me this week. Maybe you'll think of this. I don't know. I, I had never thought of this before. I've never heard this taught before, so you'll have to t- tell me. And just think about the difference between the Old and the New Covenant. We've said many times in the Old Covenant it was about, you know, it was about rules. It was about obedience. Mm-hmm. It was about what you did for God. Mm-hmm. On this side of the cross, the New Covenant is about what God has done for you through Jesus. It was about law before. Um, it's about grace now. We've made those distinctions. But have you ever thought about So, So then my question to you, what other distinction is there? There's a glaring difference between the old and new covenant, they had never thought of it. And you see if you see if you agree with me on this. But um, anything else that comes to your mind, there's just a big difference between um, just the structure or life under the old covenant. Well, we've talked about how it's not just an add-on. You know, this right. is not quite where you're going, maybe, but right. you know that it's not an add-on. Right. You don't. Yeah. It, it is a totally. If, it, if you use totally computer different. as an analogy, it's a totally different, totally different operating totally system. Totally different operating system. And it says in Hebrews that the old has been um, outdated, obsolete, obsolete yeah. made obsolete, and it was the death of Jesus that did that. Not his birth. Right. This did not blood. happen until after Jesus died. It's, it's by the blood. It was by the blood by the cross. We have a new covenant. Okay. We have and it says it's not like the old one. Not like the old one. And but but when I would read that, I was like, well, it's not like the old one in that it's not rules, which is true. It's by grace, which all that's true. Yeah. Okay. But there's another to me. There's another glaring difference between the old covenant and new covenant. Here's here's where I'm going with this. Okay. okay? The old covenant. Have you ever thought of, everything was pretty much finite? In other words, measurable, distinct. Where life and the new covenant was pretty much infinite. Or, or unfinite, or, or, or non-finite, <laughs> which would be infinite, unfinite. but unmeasurable. Okay. Okay. For instance, okay. Okay, examples. Okay. You know, the Ten Commandments. I mean, it's pretty clear-cut, mostly clear-cut. You know, you know if you killed somebody. You know if yeah. you, you, know if you uh, stole something, committed adultery. Now, coveting is a little bit harder to define sometimes. And even when you get to, like, a, um, remembering the Sabbath. I mean, you, had to take, you, know, you took Saturday off. It told you which day of the week to take off. Now, the, now remember, the, the interesting thing is, the, the, um, and that was a little bit less defined, which just gave the, the Pharisees full reign to try to make it defined. You know, they always mm-hmm. try to define what's really work on the Sabbath. The tabernacle right? is extremely defined. It's completely How many defined. cubits long, right. wide, and Everything high, and all this stuff. Yeah. very finite. Then when you get to the new covenant, the language completely different. First of all, the Holy Spirit produces fruit. Love, what? How much love does he produce? How much peace? Mm-hmm. How much joy? Everything is very infinite, very immeasurable, very open-ended. Okay, Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live by, um, I live now by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, and there's so many things are like that under the new covenant. And I think one of the things 
that gives people trouble is just that lack of definition. That lack of, okay, you just yeah. can't nail it down. You cannot nail down this covenant the way you could the original covenant. There is a vagueness of some sort or a, a generality it's, of it that's... I mean, it, it say it's... We you can't know, figure it, it it's out. It's a relationship, either. which we've said before, but it's even a relationship where it's just not... You know, it's just more infinite. I mean, how, let me, I mean, how much joy can you get? Well, mm-hmm. a lot. Infinite. How much peace can you get? How much assurance can you get? How, I mean, everything is just kind of has an infinite quality to it, where in the old covenant, everything was pretty specific. Yeah, the word control comes to mind. You know, when everything is specific and finite and measured, there's a sense of control. You know, I can do that. You know, right. I can, uh, what's the phrase, measure twice and cut once or something like that. Or, right. But if it's, if it's a little more general and vague, and I, I think some of it has to do with spiritual versus physical. You know, so much of the old covenant was based on physical, tangible, yeah, which is measurable and finite. Well, like whereas it, so much of the new covenant is a spiritual reality. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah, to. I agree with that. But like, even like you know, circumcision was a very understandable, yeah. definitive thing. Well, we have circumcision on the new covenant, but it's like it's not relying on the flesh, our own ability. That's a lot less measurable. Requires trust to know. It that requires trust. It's just way believing. more open ended, and I think that's what freaks people out. They love the security or the comfort of just knowing, okay, it, it's defined this way. It's how you define it. Okay, let me, let me All right. take that one or another example that I think you'll like. You know, Abraham, you know, it's fascinating to look at the life of Abraham as an example because he lived before the law. Mm-hmm. So God calls Abraham, Abraham, I will take you to a land, what do you say? That you know not of. Yeah. That I will show you. Yeah, I'll show you. It's yeah. kind of like, trust me. Yeah. You know, he didn't tell him yeah. exactly where yeah, he was right. going. It is, you know, Moses had all the specifics laid out right and what to do but so for abraham i think you see that what i'm trying to get at is you see that same type of open-endedness and vagueness somewhat with abraham which was before the yeah. covenant, old covenant yeah, yeah. So. but it, but you ever thought about it too i agree with that that today there's always a push though to make everything measurable like you, need, you yeah. read through the whole bible three chapters a day get you through the bible see that's a measurable thing you have a sense of accomplishment sense a sense of, accomplishment. of achievement it's just you're following the steps. You know, even the tithe, you know, it was ten <laughs> percent. Well, now, it, now you give out of a cheerful uh, heart. Well, what is that? And of course, you know, on the on the tithe, the ten percent. One of the baits is is it ten percent on the gross or ten percent on the well, net see, after tax? So it, that's what you're saying. That yeah, it, right. We have to we measure have to it. D- define that. Yeah. And so most of the Bible preachers who believe in tithing would say, "Well, it's on the gross," and they would always say, "Well, you want God to bless your gross, your net." So much, so much of what happens in church life today <clears throat> is a push to make things definable, measurable. Uh, that relates <clears throat> to the fact that we we don't we we depend on that to make us feel like we have achieved or become complete, rather yeah. than accepting the fact that we already are complete. Yeah. That we already have met that goal in Christ. Yeah. Christ has met that for us, and so we don't have to worry about right. The measuring of things, but we can right, trust but but so. okay, I agree. But okay, think of this. Okay, so Paul in in Philippians three talks about all the things he could measure. He says all this. You know, I was a tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, I was a Pharisee. I was flawless in the law. All these things he had that were his credentials <clears throat> that he could define. He could measure. Is now he goes. I just want to know him. Well, how do you measure that? Yeah, the unknowable. Yeah, I want the power of his resurrection. How do you measure that? Or the the, the prayer in Ephesians three <coughs> that you might know the love of Christ. <laughs> and he so, even says it's beyond you know comprehension. Yeah, there's so many things. Yeah, he says this, this, this beyond 
a more immeasurably more uh, than immeasurably you can ask or imagine. Measurably. So, yeah. so it seems to me like the dominating characteristic of the old covenants, not only that was rules and obedience and doing things, but it was just stuff that's very measurable and a dominating characteristic of the new covenants. Stuff you just can't measure. You know, the old covenant is based on man. Man is finite. Man is measurable. The new covenant is based on God's faithfulness. God is not finite. God is not measurable. So, and, and I like what you say. It's kind of open ended. I mean, you can you can take this as far as you want to take it. I mean, yeah. You know, how much peace do you want? Love to Love one another, or love one another. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> now, uh, you know that that's open ended. Well, know. and see, I think Jesus began to blow up the whole thing, even under the law. He taught and lived and taught under the law. Mm-hmm. Well, the great thing came until after he died. So he began to kind of blow that whole measurable thing up. But he talked to even the Sermon on the Mount. We said, well, if you hate somebody, you've really killed them. Yeah. You know, lust in your heart, that's adultery. He began to take the whole finiteness of the law and mess with that, mm-hmm. you know, so that I think when they got to the new covenant, they may have had a little bit better understanding that this in this covenant, everything's open-ended. The whole thing in Jesus' teaching, so one thing I was, I was going to bring up is, we, and other people have talked about this, but it is such a stark contrast of how different Jesus, what Jesus taught some groups of people versus what he taught other people at times. Think of the woman caught in adultery. <clears throat> yeah. As guilty as sin, literally guilty as sin. Mm-hmm. But does he say, does he talk about the cost of discipleship? No. To say, you know, lady, if you don't. Yeah. You know, if or you don't love repentance. me more than these things. That's one of the big topics, a true repentance. Or doesn't talk to yeah. her about repentance, doesn't talk to her about any of those things, and just says, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Yeah. Right. But yet to another group, or the woman at the well. you know. Yeah. And so to some groups, he comes across very strict, very mm-hmm. harsh. And in other groups, he comes across totally opposite. Well, and, okay. Okay, but I would argue this. that some of the places where we think he comes across strict, when he talks about taking up your cross, deny yourself, follow me, he was literally talking about following him. We've used it metaphorically. You follow Jesus kind of. You know, he was saying, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to pack up. We're hitting the road. We're going to Capernaum, whatever. And I think that came across as a more strict Yeah, I mean, but I think he was too. more than that. But I, you know, mm-hmm. the difference is, I think, you know, just two groups of people needed two different things. It's like two different prescriptions for two different patients. Yeah, I agree with that too. The the Jews who were still trying to keep the law, trying to be righteous enough, those that's the groups he became strict with. And to raise that bar, and like that's what the Sermon on the Mount is, to raise that bar to convince them you can't do this. But yet when it comes to someone who's a leper or the woman caught in adultery, they already or at bottom, you yeah. know, they, they have yeah. no illusion whatsoever that they can be, do something to become righteous. They are already given up on that. And to that person, he offers grace. He offers, you know, and, and it describes essentially the new covenant reality of that. So yeah. two different groups of people get two different messages. And, but you know, when we, if we lose sight of that, we end up with a very confusing message yeah. today when yeah. we just teach both types without distinguishing there now, so one other thing about this okay you ever thought about the fact too that we that we all that we live in two different worlds we live in a finite world and infinite world at the same time in other words a lot of our, in, as far as our activities for instance you're a golfer we i've heard in golf's a very finite thing you get how many 
swipes. How many strokes does it take you to swipes. get to the to get to the hole? <laughs> strokes does it take you? To me, it's a swipe to get to, to get to the hole. How many strokes? How many? You know, you tally them up, you count them up. It's very in sports. All sports is like that. You know, you get so many points for a touchdown, so many points basketball. But there are other areas of life, like in parenting or marriage, that are very open ended, very undefinable. How do you know? It's like you never can say, well, I, you know, I was a great parent. You spiked the football, and yes, I did it. I won. You know, it's very open. So you live in both worlds mm-hmm. at the same time, and I think we, but we have a hard time, I think, sometimes under the New Covenant, realizing this is very open-ended and very infinite rather than finite. And so we can control it. Well, we just know that we're loved, and as we've been loved, we love others, and you don't try to measure it you don't try to grade it you don't try to you know because we know we're totally loved totally forgiven yeah, but, and i agree but first you, you agree though for some people there's just a, a security even oh, yeah. a, apart from the control aspect there's just a security of having things defined yeah well i mean that is to having things yeah. undefined yeah, okay I mean, that's, yeah right. oh absolutely so okay. one quick thing about moses yeah. uh, since we were talking about him i was going to bring up at some point you know I, I found it a while back i found it fascinating that moses in Hebrews 11, we have this example of, of people of faith, examples of faith. And I may mention this one other time, that it's interesting to me that Moses, if you, if you go by who gets the most print, you know, there's more verses in Hebrews 11 about Moses than about anybody else. Okay. Thought, well, that's interesting because he's, he's associated with what? The law. Yeah. And this whole thing is, you know, book of Hebrews is about how the law is, you know, the old covenant's obsolete. But then an example of the faith chapter, Moses gets more press than anybody. But something else, but, and I thought of that a few months ago, what I had not thought until recently, and I went back and checked it, every example of the faith of Moses in Hebrews 11 is before the law was given. Huh. It's when he was well, in Egypt. Yeah. You know, by faith, he, yeah. you know, identified with his own people and, and right. discarded their riches. And when the law came, there are no more examples of Moses' faith after the law was given. Yeah. So there's you know a couple of verses and Paul written about how the law is not of faith and so it's it's two different systems yeah of um, living by keeping rules or living by believing what God has said yeah with that so, let me tell you a story of heart see if you agree with this we might close with this but um, there's a story of Alexander the Great one time he would you know, when some, a soldier would do something great in battle a soldier would ask for something they ask for a little raise or a bonus or whatever and apparently one time some soldier asked for a whole ton, a bunch of gold and a bunch of land, really asked them way beyond what anybody else had asked for. And he told us to a supervisor, whoever that was, his commander. The commander laughed it off, but they had to, you know, he had to then report it to whoever under Alexander would take care of that kind of stuff. So it was on record, but the word never got to Alexander. But then he was one of the records. They were reporting some things to him. And so he asked about this soldier. What's up? What, what happened to this? So they said, well, it was ridiculous what he asked for. He asked for all this gold and all this land. And uh, Alexander the Great said, well, I want you to give it to him. Give him what he asked for. Mm. And they were just blown away. They said, well, why? Why that? He goes, well, this soldier thought I could do that. He, mm. thought, he thought so highly of me that he thought it wouldn't be a big deal for me to give him all this gold and all this land. And I think there is an element like that with God. Yeah. Where I think when you ask big of God, it's not, just well, I'm selfish and I want, but some there's an element of you just believe God's big yeah, enough to they, do that, it. That, that kind of is a, an expression of how we view God. Yeah, it's an expression of small you, God you, or big God. Yeah. So anyway, it's good. I thought that was a great story. 
Roger, in our next podcast, you might as well prepare. You're going to need to um, acknowledge uh, your mistake, acknowledge your fault. So I'll bring it up in the next podcast. Oh, boy, I but, can't wait for that. So it's just right. go ahead and prepare yourself for that okay. for the next podcast. Hey, let me give you a little exhortation here, too. You know, um, I here's I know this is so simple, but I, I heard this. I thought I kind of like this. It's just not about trying harder. It's about trusting deeper. You like that? Trusting deeper. Yeah, I definitely like trusting versus trying. I'm trying to think what the deeper aspect. Well, trying, that, not you know, trying hard, trusting deeper. Yeah. Trusting what God says about you is true. There's a lot of depth to that. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a surface trust, but I don't know. I like that. Not trying harder, but trusting deeper. Amen. <laughs>